Hey, welcome back. Today we're going to talk a little bit more about long suffering. We're going to talk about the struggle. We're going to talk about the fight that you're in right now, the spiritual battle that you're fighting. So I'm going to keep it kind of short today. I'm going to get right to the point. We're going to leave a lot of the sponsor ads out of, out of the way for you so you can get right in and hear this today. I really want this to be a blessing for you and just share it with somebody. God bless. Hey, everybody out there. Glad you made it today. Well, last time we left, we were talking about the fruit of the spirit and the fruit of the spirits we were talking about was long suffering. And I figured we'd stay here for a little bit, even though we covered it, I think in good detail last time, I just believe right now, whoever's out there listening really needs to hear this. So you're not alone. You're not the only one suffering. You're not the only one going through something. There's many struggles we are all in that many don't even see and you're fighting these alone, but you're not alone. God is with you and your brothers and sisters in Christ are with you. Now, Galatians chapter 5, I want to read this into our hearing, verse number 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith. Verse 23, meekness, temperance, Against such there is no law. Now, as we come to the conclusion of this in in the future podcast, we'll get to why there's no law against it. But I want to back us up to verse number one in Galatians chapter five today. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Now, if you were pulled out of this world as I was, you understand what this be not entangled again with the yoke of bondages because you know what it is to be bound. Now I'm afraid not many people that I've um, came across that have been born in Christianity understand what bondage is. They were never born into bondage. And I do that with parentheses with tongue in cheek because we all are born into bondage. The original sin that Adam and Eve did that, permeated through all mankind touched every one of us and sometimes that bondage is headiness high-mindedness and things of the such and some people that have it pride net don't even know they have it because that's the reason why it's called pride it's called headiness and high-mindedness because you don't know that you have it because your head is so far in the clouds and you've lost humility or you've never had humility now Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Now, the reason why I bring this up is because the enemy is fighting a vicious battle right now. The war we are in is very hot. We are in a hot war. We're not in a soft war. We're not in the preemptive strikes of war. We're not in the late hours of the night before war starts. We are in the hot battle of war. War was started a long time ago. It was actually gearing up and the enemy thought it was victorious when it crucified our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ over 2,000 years ago on the cross. The enemy really thought he won. Really thought he won for three days. He really thought he had victory. And on that third day when our Lord and Savior rose again, which we will be celebrating that pretty soon in what we call Easter, or Resurrection Sunday that's coming up. 
But the enemy really thought he had our our uh, leader beat. Just like many have seen in the news and the American politics. And I'm not going anywhere near this. I'm just that's just a thought I want to throw out there for y'all. And the enemy really thought he had this man beat. See, this man was causing trouble everywhere he went. Everywhere he went, people were mad at him. They didn't like what he said. They called him names. They said he was against the temple. They said he was against religion. They said he was against people. He was against the Caesar. They went down the list of what he was against. And we know that Jesus was the Christ. He was the anointed one. Now, why did I bring up verse number one again? Because I, I want to I wanna really bring this home today. Is I don't want you to get caught back up into the bondage now. Now, the bondage, it's working its way in your life right now. And it's probably already got you some cords around you like spider webs. And you may not even notice it. They're already entangling you slowly like a cocoon. And just like a spider, what it does is it catches its prey, its feast, in the net. And as it gets in the net, it makes these vibrations. And then it runs over to it, grabs it real quick, and starts to weave it into a cocoon. It spins it into a cocoon. As it lets its thread out, it just keeps spinning and spinning until this thing gets totally in a cocoon, leaves it sit there until it's safe to come back, injects its venom in there, and slurps out its feast. And this is what the enemy is trying to do to us as Christians. He's trying to make us useless. He's rendering us useless, turning us into a cocoon where he can feast on us. And many of us are allowing it to happen across the board. And we are in a hot battle. Many of us don't even understand the battle. They don't even, we don't even know the battle that we are in. And a lot of us that do know, we only see part of it. The Lord has only showed us part of it. And those that think you know, be careful because you may not know what's going on. The enemy might have showed you just enough to think that you're on the right track. But he's getting ready to pull the wool over your eyes and pull the rug out from under your feet, like they say. And the fall is on its way. Now, I remember back when I was younger, my dad and others would go rabbit hunting and they would train rabbit dogs and Rabbits were pretty interesting because they would get the dogs to chase them in a circle and they would run right in a circle and the dogs were smart and they would chase them in a circle and come back and the rabbit would disappear. It would suddenly be gone. It was like a mysterious rabbit. Now the young ones made lots of mistakes and that's usually what the dogs would catch but the older ones, they were smart just like the cartoon you watch, uh, Bugs Bunny. The rabbit's very smart. It comes up with its own clever tactics to evade capture now you would think that a soft little bunny with little ears is not very cunning but god said you know what i'm not going to give you no weapons to fight your battle but what i'm going to do is make you cunning i'm going to make you have the ability to evade your captors that's what the rabbit has The rabbits were very smart because they could travel on their own tracks over and over again. And a lot of times you wouldn't even know it. And sometimes they'd be sitting there watching the dog go right by them and the dog wouldn't even know it either. That's how cunning the rabbit was. Now, long suffering. If you haven't been a student of Job, I really, really, I say this with all the passion I have in my heart. And I really believe that you need to spend some time just reading Job. 
You don't have to be a, a scholar. Just read the pages. Start out on page number one and read on through. Within the first couple chapters, you're going to see an amazing struggle between three entities, if I could say that. You're going to see a man, God, and Satan in a struggle over one thing, over one man's life, which makes this man's life very valuable. It shows you the importance of your life because why would God have anything to do with a man's life? It's it's worthless. It's not that important. We don't offer nothing. We have nothing. We come into this world with nothing and we leave with nothing. We, we are in a sense nothing. And why would Satan want our life? What is it that Satan wants with us so bad that he goes to God and he starts a struggle with this man, Job? Why? What is it? Is it because Job was a special person? Is it because Job looked a certain way? Is it because Job had a good name or a certain name? No. It all has to do with the king. It all has to do with the creator. Everything has value because Jesus says it. If Jesus says you have value, you have value. doesn't matter what you say, and it doesn't matter what they say. And when I say they, that's anybody else. If they say you don't have value, it doesn't matter. If God says you have value, you just became valuable. Just because he says you have value. Now, that's very important. Because there's times in our lives we lose sight of our value, of who we are. Because we get caught in a battle. We may be beat up a little bit. We might lose a battle here. We may lose one there. And we start to show our profit. We start to say, this is who I'm worth. This is how much I'm worth. And that has nothing to do with what God said. Because God deemed it. God chose you. God chose to use you. God chose to call you. God chose to save you. It's all about Jesus. Not what you think and not what others think. So, don't go into bondage again. Long-suffering is some of the words we're talking about. Now, I want to talk about struggle for a minute. I know it's not long-suffering, but I really believe when you talk about long-suffering, there's a struggle somewhere in there. What is the definition of struggle if you look it up in the dictionary? To make forceful or violent efforts to get free of restraint or constrictions. Before she could struggle, he lifted her up. A noun, a forceful or violent effort to get free of restraint or resist an attack. There were signs of a struggle and there was a lot of blood around. These are some of the things that you would see if you were to look it up. A struggle, a forceful, a violent effort. That's a struggle. I'm not talking about an arm wrestle. I'm not talking about a push here and a push there. I'm talking about a real struggle. This kind of struggle that some of us get into to save our salvation, to keep ourselves saved, to fight for this thing called Christianity, to keep the burning coals in our heart, to keep Jesus alive, the struggle, to keep your conviction on fire, to keep your holiness, to keep your word of God inside your heart, the struggle. That's what I'm talking about, the struggle. Life is going to be full of struggles, folks. I wish I could make it easy for you. I wish I could say the right words across this podcast that'll give you the answer to set your life straight path that you never have a struggle. 
The world is in a struggle right now. It's in a struggle. There's been a narrative that's been set across the earth. And we know that evil is behind it. If you don't see that, then you have no clue. Then just listen to this podcast to have your ears tickled. But this earth is in a struggle right now. There are some very evil forces at bay right now working. It's got the ball kind of moving really fast right now. Everything's moving real fast. And as that ball moves in its path, there's people. There's good people. There's Christian people. There's bad people. There's just humans. There's all kinds of things in its path. And this ball is moving so fast that it's picking people up because they have no chance to get out of its way. That's what's happening today. There's some on the side like me that's yelling and speaking and talking and telling and doing whatever we can to get the word of God across in any way, any fashion, any form to wake up souls to get out of the way from the enemy that's coming. The enemy that's moving, the prowling lion that's on the attack. But this prowling enemy is moving very viciously. It's attacking all of us. None of us are exempt from this enemy. Our only hope is Jesus. If we have any hope to make it to heaven, it's because Jesus is helping us and he's in the mix. Not because of anything you've done or anything I've done. It's not because of your name, not because of your gift. It's not because of how you interpret the word or what church building you go to or what church you're attached to. It has nothing to do with it. All has to do with Jesus. And if you lose sight of that, you you know, there's, I don't know what to tell you because there's no other way. He is the way, the truth, and light. He is the door. And any man that goes any other way is a thief and a robber. If you get inside, you're a thief and a robber. And when you're caught, you're going to be exiled. God's going to kick you out. Now, if you think you can get in any other way, go ahead and try. If you can get past God on that day, that's up to you. But I'm not going to go that route. I will do what he says. And thus says the Lord. I do what he says. So, Galatians 5. We just read the fruit of the Spirit. Long-suffering. Have you been feeling like you've been suffering? That's part of the fruit. But the fruit of the Spirit is long-suffering. Do you feel like you have been suffering for a long time? That's part of the fruit. That just means you have some of the fruit. That's really good. Everything's going good in your life and you have no long suffering. You might have to re-examine your walk with God. Because long suffering is part of the fruit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering. Long-suffering, folks. Gentleness, goodness, and faith. Meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. There's no law against it. Now, we know people are going to make up laws. People are going to write laws. They're going to interpret laws. They're going to do all kinds of things to tell you what you're doing is wrong, to condemn you, to try to get you bumped off your journey. But at all costs, keep the course. Keep your eyes focused on Jesus. Keep walking straight one foot in front of the other. And if you're suffering long on this road, just keep walking. Just keep walking forward. Walk to the light. Just keep walking to the light. Keep your eyes on the Lord. And it's going to pay off. 
I can't tell you any more than that because I don't know much more than that about heaven. I just know it's a place that I want to go. And it's a place I want to see my family go. And it's a place I want to see my friends go. Now, hell is a very bad place and I don't want to go there. And I don't want my friends to go there. And I don't want my family to go there. And I don't want those around me or anyone I know to go there. And I'm trying my best to speak out and to do something that will tip the scales in your life to get you to favor towards the road towards heaven. So please, today, examine your walk and don't be too hard on yourself if you're suffering. Take some time and read Job. Pray to the Lord often. As these days are upon us, I can't say it enough. Whenever you get a chance, just talk to the Lord. Spend some time talking to Him. People are going to make you, you know, dismayed and things are going to hurt your feelings. Items you buy are going to break. Things are not going to work out like you wanted them to. Just keep your eyes on the Lord and everything's going to work out. Because when you get to heaven, this will all be just a memory. So just keep your eyes on God today. And with that, God bless. Hey, have you ever heard of MyPillow? I'm sure you have. It's on all the commercials that you can see on TV. Well, I'm a user of MyPillow. I used to have migraines, real bad neck aches, but my pillow helped me in such a way that I don't get migraines and I have to use my pillow every time I go to bed. I even take it when I go on a trip. My wife and I have to have our pillows, the my pillow with us wherever we go. You can get the my pillow too by going to mypillow.com. Mike Lindell is a Christian. He's a good man and he produced a very good product. I am advertising MyPillow for free for him. And if I were you, I would buy a MyPillow. I'm doing it because I know it works. It's a great product and it'll be a great blessing to you and to whoever you buy it from. God bless and go to MyPillow.com and order MyPillow or wherever you go and you see a MyPillow, buy the MyPillow and watch. You will be blessed.